The Church of Shi'ar Jeshub Christian Tabernacle in Madison, Connecticut invites you to spend the next quarter of an hour with us for this edition of Shi'ar Jeshub. This is Patty Scalzo, and today we will be continuing with the next sermon in Pastor Greg Scalzo's series on Heavenly Authority. Before we begin my husband's message, let me remind you of our church website at www.shiarjashub.org, where you will find information about our church and services, as well as a library of radio programs for serious Bible study. Here now is the author of The Nature and Power of Prayer, Pastor Greg Scalzo. In the Heavenly Authority study, last time we had finished reading about the Jerusalem Council in Acts chapter 15, and then we went on to the book of Galatians to see what Paul wrote about that council years later. And um, if you remember, we read in verse 1 how Paul says, Paul, an apostle, not from men nor through man, but through Jesus Christ and God the Father who raised him from the dead. And we said that Paul clearly saw his appointment, his position as apostle, as not coming from some hierarchy, but being directly from the Lord God calling him to that position. And then we read down in verse 15, uh, But when it pleased God who separated me from my mother's womb and called me through his grace to reveal his son in me, that I might preach him among the Gentiles, I did not immediately confer with flesh and blood, nor did I go up to Jerusalem to those who were apostles before me, but I went to Arabia and returned again to Damascus. So clearly Paul feels his apostleship does not have a human source, and he's not even dependent upon the other 12, the original apostles in Jerusalem. He is independent of them, and he has to answer directly to God. And yet we said that he's only independent as much as any member of the body is independent from another. And it goes on to speak about how later on, after three years, he goes up to Jerusalem and he sees Peter and he stays with Peter. He stays with him 15 days. Uh, and then he sees James, the Lord's half-brother. So he does benefit from their position. He hears about the ministry of Jesus. He hears the gospel story. He hears about that three-plus years, all that happened when Peter was there to see it. He hears from James how Jesus grew up, so he does benefit from them. And remember the dynamic, dynamic tension we're speaking about here, that you have these positions in the body of Christ that need to be recognized, that need to be respected, um, authority that God gives to men. And on the same, in the same gospel, you have, on the other hand, each individual standing independent before the Lord, each called to be a priest and minister of God, and not taking one person or one group, such as those in Jerusalem, and lifting them up to a position which only Jesus Christ should be in. 
Both are going on at the same time. And it's all to preserve the truth of God. And we see a clear picture of it here. He goes on to speak about the council. Let me just read quickly what he says in verse 20. Afterward, I went into the regions of Syria and Cilicia after he sees Peter and after he sees James. And this corresponds with the book of Acts. And I was unknown by face to the churches of Judea, which were in Christ. But they were hearing only he who formerly persecuted us now preaches the faith which he once tried to destroy. And they glorified God in me. So he really wasn't seen by them. He went off and he was ministering to the Gentiles, and we know he became a prominent member of the church. Barnabas goes and grabs him and brings him to the church in Antioch where there are Jews and Gentiles. And then chapter 2 brings us to the Jerusalem council. Then after 14 years, now there is a visit by Paul in between here. Um, that's uh, recorded in Acts chapter 11 and verse 30, where Paul goes to Jerusalem to the elders. The apostles are not mentioned. The apostles are probably off preaching at that point, and they bring alms from the church in Antioch to help the poor uh, in Jerusalem. So there is a visit in between, but it's not with the apostles. The next visit after that is the Jerusalem council. Then after 14 years, I went up again to Jerusalem with Barnabas and also took Titus with me. Now, Titus is an uncircumcised Gentile. He's a living example of the great truth of the gospel that the Gentiles can be saved, that they do not need to be circumcised in order to be saved. So Paul, Barnabas, bring Titus with them. He says in verse 2, And I went up by revelation and communicated to them the gospel which I preach among the Gentiles, what I tell the Gentiles, the good news, but privately to those who were of reputation, lest by any means I might run or had run in vain. Um, if you keep your place there and go to the book of Acts, you'll remember in chapter 15 and verse 2, Therefore, when Paul and Barnabas had no small dissension, this is with the Judaizers uh, who came and said that unless they were circumcised according to the custom of Moses, they could not be saved. Therefore, when Paul and Barnabas had no small dissension and dispute with them, they determined that Paul and Barnabas and certain others, and we know now that Titus is among them, should go up to Jerusalem to the apostles and elders about this question. So the brethren of Antioch determined that Paul and Barnabas and others among them, including Titus, should go and see what the apostles and elders say since these men who are bringing up this issue come from Judea. Here in Galatians, Paul tells us that he went up by revelation, that because of revelation, the Lord showed him that this is what he was to do. And there's really no contradiction between the two. Paul, having disputed and disputed with these Judaizers, these Christian Pharisees, gets revelation from the Lord, look, to solve it, you need to go down to Jerusalem. And he speaks to the brethren, they all agree, and Barnabas goes with him, Titus goes with him. But what does that tell us? That tells us that the council in Jerusalem is the Lord's will, right? There should be no question about that. And I've heard ministers question the council in Jerusalem. I don't know why, 
But really, if Paul says, I was told by revelation I should go there, this is the hand of the Lord. God is revealing to Paul, this is what you should do. He's bringing together in one place all the key members of his body on a crucial, crucial issue to the church that will determine how the gospel goes forward to the Gentiles. And he brings the Lord God Almighty, brings the apostles and the elders of Jerusalem directly into the debate. Now, so Paul is independent, right? But it's God's will by revelation to him, bring them into this. Why? Because there is a value to the 12, right? There is a value to Peter's position. There is a value to James' position. There is value to the fact that they were in the Lord before him, that they were with Jesus, that they heard the teachings of Jesus, that they started the work in Jerusalem as the Holy Spirit came upon them in Pentecost and thousands and thousands of Jews were saved. There is value to that. There is value to the history of the church. So again, you have this balance of independence to the truth of God and accuracy based upon those who have seen the truth of God. And the Lord brings it all together. This council is the Lord's will. By revelation, he goes up. And this will solve the problem. It will solve the problem and set the stage for what we have today that we do not follow the customs of Moses, though we fulfill the spiritual law of Moses every day in freedom through Jesus Christ. Now, he says here that uh, he brought it to them privately. That you have recorded in Acts chapter 15. First, before they have the whole council, it tells us in verse 4, and when they had come to Jerusalem, they were received by the church and the apostles and the elders, and they reported all things that God had done with them, right? Paul first goes and reports it privately before they have the council so that he doesn't get shouted down right away. He tells them what's going on. Peter knows what's going on, how the Gentiles are being saved. The apostles hear it. Uh, verse 5, but some of the sect of the Pharisees, even among the elders there, who believed rose up saying it is necessary to circumcise them and to command them to keep the law of Moses. And that's why Paul goes on to say back in Galatians chapter 2, I'll read verse 2 again, and I went up by revelation and communicated to them that gospel which I preach among the Gentiles, but privately to those who were of reputation, lest by any means I might run or had run in vain. Yet not even Titus, verse 3, was compelled to be circumcised, even in the presence of the apostles and the elders. And now you have some of these elders who are, who are saying they need to be circumcised. Titus is not overawed or compelled to say, well, let me be circumcised. He says, not even Titus, not even Titus, who was with me, being a Greek, was compelled to be circumcised. And verse 4, and this occurred because of false brethren secretly brought in who came in by stealth to spy out our liberty, which we have in Christ Jesus, that they might bring us into bondage. And that's referring to chapter 15, verse 1, how these uh, men from Judea came up, these believers from Judea came up, and they said you must be circumcised according to the law of Moses to be saved. And Paul says they are false brethren. They're in the church 
but they're not really of the church. They're not really of the Lord. And they came in secretly. They must have been received wholeheartedly with opened arms in Antioch. They came in by stealth to spy out our liberty, which we have in Christ Jesus, that they may bring us into bondage, to bring us into bondage to the law and the customs of Judaism. So you have clearly, you see as you read the section of Galatians, Paul is very independent-minded. But it's to independent-minded Paul that the Holy Spirit gives a revelation, go down to Jerusalem to the apostles and elders, knowing the outcome that would happen. In verse 5, he says, speaking about these false brethren, these false brothers, to whom we did not yield submission even for an hour, but the truth of the gospel might continue with you. We did not yield submission even for an hour. And you can imagine the initial pressure to conform. Join Pastor Greg Scalzo on the web. On the Shi'ar Jeshub website, you will find information about Shi'ar Jeshub Christian Tabernacle, as well as an archive of our radio programs with in-depth Bible teaching and preaching. The address is www.shiarjeshub.org. And can I ask you to pray about supporting this ministry? It is so important for the time that we are in that there would be solid Bible teaching on the airwaves and available on the Internet. Our address is Shi'ar Jeshub Christian Tabernacle, P.O. Box 518, Branford, Connecticut, 06405. And may the Lord Jesus bless you as you serve Him.